One of the things we strive for for ourselves and for our patients is a sense of fulfillment, but it's not always that easy to achieve. There are issues surrounding it. How difficult can it be? What can you do about it? Hi, I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. Welcome to another edition of Primary Care Today on ReachMD. My guest today is Dr. Bill Scheman. He is going to talk about these issues. He's going to talk about fulfillment and what we can do about it. And why don't we just start right out about this? You started with information, and it says we basically don't have high fulfillment among 80% of people. That's a high number. It is. Thank you for having me on the show. It was a surprising number to us in the um, corporate work that we do with um, employee engagement and others like Gallup. Uh, they found that, you know, Gallup found nearly 49, 50% of people were not engaged. And in our research, you know, we find about only about one-third who I'd say are fully engaged uh, in the workplace. Like a lot of people are partially engaged. And when we interviewed people uh, more deeply about fulfillment in their lives, of which work is a part, uh, 80% of the people were not uh, what we would consider fully, uh, fully fulfilled. And we define fulfillment as achieving your dreams, creating a lifestyle that brings exceptional happiness and inner peace. So, you know, we, we, we dug behind it, and uh, a number of factors were there. And I think a big one was the balance uh, in their lives between work and between family, between avocations that they have, uh, health, and other aspects of their life. You know, Bill, part of it, you know, when we do a story like this, we're talking about our physicians and how it impacts patients. But I got to believe just about any physician or healthcare provider out there, frankly, anybody's listening is thinking, yeah, that's me. I, I don't have that balance. How do I get that balance? What, what do I need to do? And, and how can I, you know, make that balance better and more productive, especially in a world where you could probably go right across all sorts of jobs and, and, um, across society, there seems the demands are greater and people are doing more than ever. It is, and I, and I think you're right. I think healthcare professionals are particularly uh, in the, the line of stress uh, because of the demands uh, not only of their job but the uh, type of work they do and the, and the, and the stakes that are uh, on the line with, with patients. And I think one of the bigger factors, though, was when we interviewed folks like this, we found that a lot of them had just simply not taken the time out to really think through what would balance look like, what would they like their life to be. So it was kind of surprising how many had sort of just migrated over time uh, into a routine that kind of just became the way of life. And so many then felt like, I'm on a treadmill that, you know, I can't control. You talk about that treadmill. How do you get off? What are the things you think could be effective tools to try to get off that treadmill and, and yet, you know, not lose your job? Yep, yep. Well, I think, I think a big one is, is taking that, that time out. It doesn't have to be a long time, but it's one to say, you know, if I were kind of starting this again, basically wherever I am in my profession, assuming I want to continue, <clears throat> I mean, how would I like to balance things? Where would I be? What what would I like this to end up with in five or ten years? Because that's a really key part. If if you don't feel like you're on the path or you're headed somewhere that's leading to that fulfillment, it leads to a lot of frustration. I think I think another big one was uh, working at a uh, in a, at an institution or organization where you felt like your values were similar. So people working in an environment where 
the values weren't there, it never seemed to get better. Uh, they needed to really think about working in a different place or working, whether it was in healthcare, whether it was university people. If you didn't like the uh, the structure or the university or administration, it was really difficult. And I think the other one was uh, uh, this issue of practicing resilience. Uh, nearly 95% of people we talked to had setbacks, setbacks going on at work, setbacks at home, setbacks with kids, uh, health. And I think the most fulfilled people had developed some mechanisms for dealing with the, 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 the setbacks and getting around them. Probably the most prominent was having a mentor uh, and uh, some kind of a coach or confidant. Another was having just a good network of people, not being a loner, being connected in a way where they could could share <clears throat> share frustrations and, you know, get around them. You know, it's obviously you've done a lot of thoughts about this and, you, you know, you work in it and you're, you're trying to maybe help other people through what you're learning and just looking at the real, the real facts and suggestions and techniques. What about someone who might be having done their job for you know, 15, 20 years or mid-career, maybe they're later in their career, and they just don't have that fulfillment, that, that excitement they once had. Is it time to switch jobs? How do you find challenges? Do you have suggestions for that? I think it might be. I think one of the things you have to look at, when we did interview people who, you know, they, they talked about going maybe 10 years beyond where they should have been staying in the same role, same job, same institution, and most of them, when they finally left, maybe they were there 20 years, 22 years, uh, said, you know, I was kind of kidding myself. You know, it was not getting any better. And I continued to doing the same thing, hoping I'd get a different outcome, which is kind of, you know, the definition of insanity. And most of them regretted it, saying, you know, I really should have taken the chance of risk. It seemed risky at the time, but many of them had left, done something else. Some of them retired and started something different. And most of those who had done that really talked about the latter part of their life with far more fulfillment than, than the rat race. So I think it, it requires, again, that time out to re-examine where am I? Am I heading in a path? Am I just going over some bumps now? Or is this just going to be a trajectory of, of frustration for me uh, that's going to you know, make me unhappy? When you look at you know that trajectory you're talking about and you, and you try to do these things, or do you have specific tips that can help people, like things they should start doing to try to make a difference? Yeah, I think one thing, and I and dealt with a number of folks who've who've been through one of my, my key subjects that I talk about uh, in the book Fulfilled is is this uh, woman who was diagnosed with stage stage four pancreatic cancer. And she was a, a vice president for human resources for a company. And she found that um, actually trying to map out your goals and decide what I need to do today that is leading to that. So when she got this diagnosis, five-month uh, sentence that she had, and she's somebody, by the way, the end of the story is that she's actually one of the, the more uh, rare survivors. And, and she talked about, completely aligning everything she did. She changed oncologists. She found oncologists that actually had uh, were hopeful and had uh, a, a feeling that it could be beaten. She built a team around that. She had three daughters, one of whom was pretty negative, and she was pretty clear with her daughter that, you know, I can't see you anymore if you're not going to be on the team to help me do this. 
So she built these, this great team, and she uh, began thinking about all the aspects of her life, changing what I eat, changing my exercise, the woman who had been a marathon runner, uh, changing uh, 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 some medical things, both you know, current medicine and you know, chemo, alternative uh, medicine she tried. But it was putting together this package in her life that was powerful in helping her focus so clearly on the goal of staying alive six months, then nine months, then a year. And after she went into remission, she kind of rethought her life and did not go back to her corporate life, but kind of built a new direction around being a coach and and working with other people who uh, she could help get around, uh, you know, this kind of a, a challenge. And I think one of the things she says is, hey, life throws you some real challenges and if you're, you've got to build the resilience, but you also have to be uh, have a positive attitude. You have to be able to to move quickly to learn new things. As she had, a, she didn't know anything about you know uh, cancer, and and so this was a learning experience for her. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough. My guest is Dr. Bill Sheeman. He is CEO of the Metris Group. He's also author of the book. Fulfilled. You can check his website, metrus, M-E-T-R-U-S dot com. And when we're talking about this and we're talking about physicians and our patients, I know you have counseled and you've researched and you've advised people, Fortune 500 companies, some of the smallest companies. You've studied people in all walks of life in different jobs to gain the knowledge you have. What would you say to physicians in general in their own particular careers with all the challenges I'm sure you're aware of that are out there to make their lives more fulfilled and, and to do things. I know you have you talk about five steps and things, but what would you recommend? I, I would recommend that, uh, number one, you take a time out and you actually assess where you are. One of the things we found is that uh, some of the most fulfilled people actually measure themselves pretty frequently. I mean, you kind of look at the Olympians like a Michael Phelps out there and say, yeah, they measure by inches, by seconds. But, you know, the people did not always quantitative, um, but some did, and qualitative measures of where am I? You know, take a, a pulse every three months and say, where am I on a scale of 1 to 10 on fulfillment? And what do I think are the big drivers in my life that bring fulfillment? So, you know, for me in my life, you know, I have a pretty hectic, uh, you know, professional life, but scuba diving, you know, was a, and travel was a real avocation for me. So, I found that, I, that that balance that I had to do a certain amount of those things in my life in order to be a good balance. I have a, an allergist who uh, does something similar. He has to go hiking and get a certain amount of balance in his life, which allows him to kind of take on the stresses that, you know, are part of his, um, his daily life. I'd say the other, the other one is a lot of the people we interviewed found mentoring others and, uh, and giving back to be important. I think... It was a sense of I'm building a legacy, and I'm not just doing something uh, in my normal work, but I'm also enabling others, or I'm teaching others, or I'm, I'm helping others grow, which I think was uh, a, a real sense of, uh, of, of inner fulfillment for, for so many of the people we talk to. One of the comments I get talking with physicians, and there's all sorts, and, and some are very happy, some are, but one of the complaints a lot say and, and is that they feel that they did all this training, all this education, and now many of them are working for others, and they're wondering why they're working for someone maybe who didn't have as much education or training, and that frustrates them. What about dealing with something like that? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, that's really no different in, in many ways than 
entrepreneurs that we interviewed who, you know, they grew their business and they sold it to somebody and now they're more of a cog in the big, you know, big machine. And I think some of them adapt fairly well and said, you know, I'm learning new things. It's exciting. Or I moved up to a more, you know, managerial role. But others had to leave. They they said, this is not me. Uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur or, you know, I need to have control. What I do is much more of an individual sport for me. And uh, I think, you know, I, I've known too many doctors that end up in a larger system, frustrated and, you know, complaining about it every day and going home unhappy is not the solution. I think you've got to look at what your, you know, what your alternatives are and with the skills and the competencies you have, actively seek it out. And I think doctors are particularly prone to this issue of I am just booked solidly, you know, from the time I get up till the time I go home. And it's really hard to take that time out, but it's one that I think is well worth it to sit there and say, you know, where am I on a scale of fulfillment? What do I think drives my fulfillment? And are there things I can control about that? Because if I can't, I'm going to continue to be unhappy. I had an opportunity to look at your website prior to the interview, and it's obviously you've created a, a really interesting company with a lot of aspects to it with, with what your interest is. How did you get into this? I mean, what led you to decide this is where I want to be, this is the type of work I want to do? A combination of things. You know, I had been teaching actually in, in business schools at Iowa and Georgia Tech and then took a job with AT&T when we had a million employees. I wanted to work at some large, very complex organization, and I did that. But uh, I got frustrated with the inability to actually control and move things in an organization that large. And I was probably a little bit more of an entrepreneur myself. So, uh, you know, when I began working for Opinion Research Corporation, I was running a, a small profit center. We could kind of control our, our, our future, decide on our products that we were doing. And that felt great. And then when I left there, I really started this new, uh, this new business called Metris. And what I like about it is the ability to work with so many different organizations, so many different jobs, types. And I think that, for me, it kept me vibrant, kept me interested, and it was a chance to say, hey, here's something in financial services that could be borrowed and, and applied over here in, in the medical field, or here's something in healthcare that could be brought back over here to work for a consumer uh, package good company. I think that's pretty exciting stuff. One last question. It's my favorite question. I love doing this one. Is there something that you wanted to talk about? I kind of went in my direction on what you were answering or were saying, but something you wanted to talk about that I didn't bring up. Yeah, I'll come back just to, to, to three factors that, that I think are really important. Um, and this was a result of both the corporate research we did, looking down from the organization and saying, gee, how do we get uh, you know, high performance, high productivity? And we discovered three factors that were important. Uh, alignment, is everyone aligned and rowing, rowing in the same direction as the departments work together? Uh, capabilities, do we bring the right capabilities to serve the patient or the customer? And, and third was engagement of people. And when we looked at individuals from the inside out and came back that way, we found the same three factors with a little bit different twist. The alignment was our, you know, the values and my goals aligned with what's exciting about the vision of this organization. Some of the doctors, by the way, that was one of the frustrations. I had a vision in my, my practice, but now that we've been you know, acquired as a bigger group, our vision's not the same. So that's a, that's a big issue. 
I think the second one's capabilities. What do I want to learn? You know, doctors, other professionals go out, they, you know, they, they go to seminars, they learn continuously. But if you're finding that you're being forced to go into programs and training that are things that are not your interest, it's not very good for you. You're not really growing, and, and you forget that stuff. And lastly, passion. It's, it's, you know, I'm excited to get up, you know, every, you know, Monday and, and, and go to work and do the things I do. And I think a lot of people are excited about the work, but it's things around the work. It may be the boss. It may be, uh, you know, the policies of the organization. It may be other factors about how people are rewarded that often kill it. So I think you've got to look at, you know, where's my passion? And is this place, you know, capable of in, of engaging me in exciting things? Well, Dr. Bill Schumann, I want to thank you for joining us on Primary Care today. It's been a pleasure having you. We learned a lot, and I think you provide a lot of insight for our physicians who are talking about their own lives, but also you know, trying to work with their patients and the issues they have. Absolutely. And, 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 and by the way, we do have a Facebook page that we put up a few months ago called Fulfilled.CriticalChoices, and it's a place where not only our material, but people are now coming in and bringing in a lot of material uh, from different stories and, and examples uh, onto that site. So if you're interested in more, that would be a great place to go. Thank you so much. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit reachmd.com slash primarycare today. You can download the podcast. You can learn more on the series. I want to thank you for listening and being a part of the knowledge.